This is the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast, session number 138, NLP for Athletes. Welcome to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success. Here's your host, Jason Lynette. Game on. It's Jason Lynette here, and we are about to jump into a live presentation. Well, let me correct that. This was recorded live and now is being broadcast to you thanks to this Work Smart Hypnosis podcast. The story of this goes back to October 2017, where I had the amazing opportunity to present several workshops as well as be a featured speaker at the Canadian Hypnosis Conference, giving presentations on weight loss strategies for clients, uh, talking about stage hypnosis, and more specifically, the presentation I'm about to share with you here here, which was simply titled NLP for Athletes. And so much of the content does stand on its own, where you're going to hear some of my backstory in terms of working with athletes, some of the mindsets that I bring into these specific sessions, and then very specifically here inside of this presentation, a real live demonstration from start to finish. So let me do the obvious thing here and throw out the simple statement that portions of this program are hypnotic in nature and should only be listened to in a place where you can give it your full focused attention. So perhaps obviously not behind the wheel of a car. So to actually get the real demonstration, that's what this is actually about. And inside of it, I ask for a volunteer from the group and she wants to improve her confidence in her golf swing. And you're going to hear an entire brief segment of a session from start to finish as part of this. Now, take note, a lot of this presentation is strictly lecture and audio, though I know that many of you are going to find even greater value in this presentation by actually watching the video of it, though not just the video, but also reading the actual transcription of some of the specific language patterns that I'm going to make use of inside of this. So I'm going to make the video as well as the full transcription of the lecture, the demo, the unpacking. I'm going to make that available to you to get that. Simply head over to the show notes of this specific podcast session over at worksmarthypnosis.com. Uh, I'll make it easier for you because I'm just going to give you a shortcut and this will redirect over to the show notes again where you can get access to the video of this presentation as well as the full transcription as well. So simply go to worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash CHC Sport. So just to explain that, CHC as in Canadian Hypnosis Conference, the letters CHC, and then the word sport as in sport. There you go. So once again, worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash CHC Sport. That'll redirect you over to the show notes of this presentation. And there on that page, you can get access to the full video of this presentation plus the transcription too, uh, which specifically with the video to actually see some of the calibration strategies, some of the actual uh, interaction inside of the session, you're going to get a lot of value just from listening to this. But again, 
head over to the show notes at worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash CHC sport, and you're going to get the full user experience, the full learning experience as well. So with that, let's jump directly in live from the live recorded from the October 2017 Canadian Hypnosis Conference. Here we go. This is session number 138 NLP for athletes. So let's kick off with a bit of a story here. When I was six years old, when I was six years old, my parents decided the best thing they can do for little six-year-old Jason Lynette uh, was to sign me up for a soccer team. And uh, so there I was, uh, getting all the soccer gear, getting the soccer shoes, getting um, the uniform and everything ready to go. And I was so bad at soccer, my only goal was to kick the ball. So forget passing, forget assisting, forget, I mean, not even, let's not even get into the dialogue around kicking and the goal. No, just my goal was to kick the ball. So it was a triumph. It was a triumph that um, here was this game and I got to kick the ball once. Yeah, it immediately went over that yellow line and they had to blow a whistle and the game had to start again from that position, but I got to kick the ball. And I was so bad at soccer that my parents then, by the next year, I mean, the wonderful thing about improving over time, at seven years old, I was taking piano lessons. That's a story I honestly tell every athlete that comes into my office, for a good reason. You are only here with me today because you are world-class within this skill. You are really, really good at this sport. And you wouldn't be in front of me if you were like the little six-year-old me, so bad at it that you would have moved on to something else. There's a good reason you're here working on this specific issue. There's a good reason you're here because you're the one who knows how to do this. Uh, there's a fun, quick story that years ago, in I'm in Northern Virginia, around Washington, D.C. My office is in Alexandria, and it's inside of a county called Fairfax County, which Fairfax County is one of the biggest counties in the entire United States, which doesn't mean anything. It just means that's how they drew the city lines. There's like 28 major cities inside of Fairfax County. And there's a set of newspapers that they publish a different edition in every single city inside of the county. So this has got to be a nightmare of printing because there's 28 different editions of one paper. And they announce, you know what, we're not going to print this feature on your business, Virginia Hypnosis in Alexandria, because that might look like advertising. This is a feature, this is a profile, but it's not advertising. We're not going to print it in Alexandria. So let's print it in this other city named Centerville. Okay, sure. You know, I'm going to take it and, with permission, put it on my website, share it with my email list. It's going to have a bigger life after the fact. After the fact. Well, as luck would have it, a gymnastics coach read that in Centerville, and this is like, that's 2012, that's almost five and a half years ago now, and there has not been a month since then that I haven't seen a new gymnast coming to me for fear of something as a result of this gymnast reading this article. So thank you, Connection Newspapers, for not advertising my business. Good job. Uh, <laughs> and as I'm working with the gymnast, the early stages would begin with, um, I'm going to call stuff by the wrong name. You know, just laugh at me when I refer to something by the wrong name. Because there's different things from the male version of it to the female version of it. There's the horse, there's the vault. Uh, the vault has the handles where the guy is kind of swinging the legs around, and the horse is the same thing that doesn't have the handles, and she runs full speed ahead and jumps up over it. 
So I'm going to call stuff by the wrong name. Really what it comes down to is, how do you feel? How would you rather feel? What are those moments, which I don't want to compartmentalize everything, but every damn gymnast is coming to me for the same thing. Fear of flipping backwards on a high beam. They're a couple of feet up in the air, the beam is three inches wide, and they're afraid of flipping backwards on it. That's called Darwinism. That's called survival of the fittest. You're supposed to be afraid of it. And yes, I say that to my gymnast. <coughs> Followed up by, yet there's a good reason you're the one doing it, and I'm not. Because you've learned the skill set, you've built up the strength to do this thing, and that's why you're the one who's doing it. And you wouldn't be here, building a frame, you wouldn't be here if you haven't already successfully done this thing before. Right? Yeah. So when did it slip away? So nearly every gymnast is coming to me for that exact issue. Again, not to compartmentalize, but let's compartmentalize. There's a nuance to working with athletes that I find absolutely fascinating. And it's something that I modeled out of their experiences that I decided I've got to make use of this in my own way and metaphorically as well as literally. Um, I, for a while, got into endurance running. Uh, I had the goal of running a marathon and I built up to it and then just respectfully found something else I was more interested in in terms of building strength. I felt better all the time when I lifted weights and I was constantly in a state of recovery by running 15 miles, 16 miles, 17 miles because um, that sucks. So <laughs> the experience, though, was that here was uh, the weekend warrior. Here was the hobbyist person. And at one point, I found myself in a podiatrist office because I had tendonitis in my right leg, in my right ankle. And they simply were giving me some exercises to do to modify and respond to that tendonitis. Oh, here's this hard yellow racquetball. Roll your foot around that racquetball. Shelly, your jacket's over there. <laughs> um, roll the racquetball around your foot and do your other foot for that myofascial release and that way you're balanced out and then I was fine again. Um, a beautiful metaphor came out of something that happened to me in a gym a couple of months ago. Um, I lift weights frequently in a gym and I'm there doing a barbell curl and this trainer who I'm not even working with walks by and points at my left wrist and says, that one hurts. How do you know? Because you're doing it badly. It only hurts if you're doing it wrong. Which there's a beautiful metaphor to pull out of life. <laughs> and as I learned the appropriate technique, hallelujah, it doesn't hurt anymore. Why do I bring this up? Because there's something about the athletic mindset that so often here's the average person, here's the normal everyday off the street person, and my foot hurts, no, I can't run anymore. Here's the weight loss client you might see, and here's the weekend where they're off on a vacation and uh, they have the packet of candy because they're somewhere they've never been before, they eat in a certain way, they're not exercising, and oh no, all is lost, I'm back to the old patterns. Here is the person who has the mild injury, and it's where I respectfully switched doctors a few years ago because I figured out my doctor was in the school of thought to go, hey, don't do that anymore. As opposed to going, well, let's refer you out to this person or that person, rather than you know, really observe what's going on and change the reaction. The athletic mindset is that person's in your office. Here's a person, thank you, Charles Tebbets, who, who wonderfully deals with what emerges. You know, they're responding to what's going on. There's all these stories of, and we can look at this from the outside perspective and go, that's crazy. 
here's the athlete finishing up a major event, a World Series, a cup, a, a whatever it may be, and yeah, they've got the fractured, uh, the hairline fracture in the leg, and they're still playing. You know, so there's this passion inside of this. So I introduce these themes because there's a mindset of what I've branded as organic anchoring, that this time together is going to be all around, which this is not a Tony Robbins jab. People often hear me tell this reference and think I'm talking Tony Robbins. This is not Tony Robbins. But it's the big motivational event. And let's play the loud music. Let's get everybody up on their feet and dancing. It's a business motivation event. Let's excite them. Yeah, let's get everybody chanting and excited. And they leave and they're pumped up and a week later they fizzle out. Why? Because that was not their organic sense of that empowered state that they need to do that. So, so often, whether it's so many other modalities, whether it's coaching, whether it's hyping someone up, whether it's hypnosis, whether it's energy work, you'd often see the pattern where someone is trying to implant a state that may not be the desired state. And there's different phrases of how I'll talk about this. It's where we could say in a more appropriate hypnotic terminology, we can model the excellence that's already there inside of our client. We can harness the strengths, the skills, the abilities that are already there, elicit those, strengthen those up, build the anchor off of that, and fire that off in the desired state. That's how we ought to do it, as opposed to building something false. So modeling the excellence of what's already there inside of that client, or as I would phrase it, plagiarize from the best, <laughs> steal from their own experiences. Because again, in terms of how I kick this off today, that's already a part of them. Otherwise, they wouldn't be here. It's where you're not necessarily getting the call from the person of, i give you a quick story of this. Um, I've worked with a lot of golfers, and only a few times has the golfer actually asked me, how often do you play golf? And my honest response is, I'm the one on the fourth hole of putt-putt asking if we can stop keeping score and just play for fun. <laughs> if you need advice on your swing, you're calling the wrong person. But when you're standing over that ball, how do you feel? Nervous. How would you rather feel? Confident. That's what I'm going to help you with. Which this is not a slight on the category of uh, sports psychologist. This is a slight on one individual. I had a client, he was as professional as a golfer as you could be at 14 years old. Just as professional as you can possibly be. Winning championships, traveling the world. And he was having some issues, his game was slipping. If one went in the water, if one went in the grass, in the sand, whatever, um, that would be the end of his game. They spent thousands of dollars to bring him to this well-known sports psychologist who for the next hour is giving him advice on a swing. Oh, you're kind of kicking your shoulder back. Oh, try this, try that. He wouldn't have been there if his swing was already top-notch. It was not a strategy issue, it was an emotional issue. So when you're standing over that ball, how do you feel? How would you rather feel? Let's elicit that and draw that out. Uh, and as is always my style, it's about 10 minutes in. Let me now officially introduce myself. Uh, I'm Jason Lynette. I'm in from Alexandria, Virginia area, uh, which is a fun little nuance I have to point out around. Uh, that's an area where people don't say where they're from because there's all these smaller cities, as I referenced. So last week I was at the Mid-America Hypnosis Conference around Chicago, Northbrook, Illinois. Here I am, Canadian Hypnosis Conference around Toronto, 
Burlington. Here I am working with my office, Alexandria, Virginia. Stark, Virginia, the old routine. So people don't say where they're from. So my business is mostly these days seeing live clients. There's a big arm of what I do that's training, a big segment of what I do that goes out to an international audience with the Work Smart Hypnosis podcast. It's downloaded 175,000 times around the world. Uh, interviews with top hypnotists, teaching strategies, business strategies, just a free resource that goes out every single Thursday. And inside of that, in my time together with clients, there's a nuance inside of this that I'd see the professional as well as the weekend warrior. So there's the person who is the massive hobbyist and really, really excelling at what they do. But at the same time, as a person who quite openly and honestly does not follow any professional sports. There's a quick story of a guy calls me up and he says, yeah, I want to come to you. Uh, I've done my research. Here's my issue. I don't feel comfortable talking about on this on the phone because I'm in a public place, yet this is who I am. And I go, okay, don't you know who I am? And this is just me honestly not playing a strategy, just being stupid about it, being ignorant. Should I? Well, I'm a player on this team. That's baseball, right? No, it's basketball. We have a basketball team in Washington, D.C.? <laughs> cool. And admittedly, I mean, I'm thinking this is going to be, well, let's unfold the story better. Um, basketball player, oh, cool, sports improvement. Yeah, let's work on that. Um, I don't have any compartmentalized thing for basketball. With baseball, it's often I'm afraid of being hit by the pitch. I get that one so frequently, which, quick side story, here's a 12-year-old in my uh, office who actually is like in a team that's about to go to the Little League World Series, I believe, um, and I'm just not getting across to him. I'm just not building the rapport with him, and sometimes I have a favorite strategy that I refine, define as breaking rapport in order to gain rapport, which is I had to shock him in some polite way. His fear is being hit by the pitch. But to his credit, he's got proof. He's been hit by the pitch a lot. So that's my end. I don't know what it is about, I just interrupted him at one point. I don't know what it is about you, but it's a good thing we don't have a baseball. Because seriously, I really want to throw one at you right now. It, it's got to be something with you. I mean, this might not be, this might be an unlucky thing. I just really want to throw a baseball at you. And he's going, what? I go, I'm just kidding. And he's laughing and now we're in sync. <laughs> Break rapport to gain rapport. Choose your moments wisely. <laughs> um, Basketball players calling me up. I'm thinking sports improvement. This is a very personal issue. Um, I don't want anyone knowing I'm coming to you. Um, money's not an issue. I've done my research. Can I come see you Friday? I've got the day off. Oh, yeah, sure. Now I'm in my head going, this is going to be something weird. <laughs> uh, he's in my office going, this is private? Yeah, everything's confidential? Yeah. I, I bite my nails and the guys in the team make fun of me for it. And I couldn't slip and hold back from going, that's it? Oh, yeah, sure, that's easy. We work with that all the time. So recognize that sometimes the athletic mindset is a part of what they're coming in for. Uh, there's a quick demo that I'd love to do. Is anyone here in some way an athlete? What do you, what do, you do? I golf. You golf. How, how frequently? How frequently? Um, three to five times a week. Oh, nice. That's pretty damn serious. <laughs> um, cool. What's your favorite thing about golf? Yeah, pause there. Why do I ask that question? It's a screening question. Uh, most of the athletes that I work with in my area are actually teenagers. 
and there's a fun moment that occurred years ago. What do you like about baseball? And the kid turns on me and goes, I don't like baseball. My dad was almost on the New York Mets, and he got injured before they signed the contract, and he didn't get the part on the Mets. And because of that, I now have to be a baseball player. I want to play football, but apparently that's too dangerous, so I have to live out my dad's dreams and play baseball. Oh, <laughs> get the buy-in. What is it you like about golf? And what am I doing? I'm drawing out some resources. I'm drawing out some language patterns to make use of. Is there a part of your golf game that you'd like to improve upon? Your swing. What is it about your swing that you'd like to improve upon? Not So you'd like to bring better consistency into that swing. Yeah. Is this something you'd like to play with here? I've got a very comfortable chair if you want to come on down. There you go. Come on down. <laughs> there you go. And you'll see just a quick demo will be in and out of this for about five or six minutes or so. Have a seat on down. We go back, though. Good to see you yes. again. <laughs> and uh, briefly here, the way you're sitting is fantastic. It's helpful with your hands under your lap so they aren't touching. Because sometimes I might tap in the back of the hand. I might even tap in the shoulder, too, if that's all right. Just getting that permission to physically connect, if that's the case. Notice just tonality and tension made that work. I didn't stand here and say, Tracy, I'm going to touch you when your eyes are closed. Cool? <laughs> <laughs> No. That's weird. Because <laughs> that's weird. So don't do that. That's my little principle of hypnosis. Don't do weird stuff to people. So um, let me ask you this. There's a concept. You're no longer a hypnotist. Uh, there's a concept that we're going to make use of today that you've maybe heard of before that we as a community call anchoring. And it's something you already do on your own all the time. It's when we connect a sensory verifiable state to another sensory verifiable state, which again, you're already an expert on this. So chances are you're listening to a piece of music and it reminds you of something that you were going through when you heard that song, it brings back those emotions. The same way that even as you're getting dressed to play golf, I mean, you're dressed wonderfully right now, but you would dress differently for your golf game, right? And simply by getting into that mode, you're kind of shifting into a different part of your mentality in order to be ready to play golf, right? Like I lift weights and um, years ago I was having some balance issues and I found out it was because I was wearing running shoes. Running shoes tilt you up like this. Weightlifting shoes should be flat. And even on the days that I'm not doing leg work, I am in the right mode because I've put on those shoes even though I'm up here doing this. So there's things that you do that already make that happen. So let me ask you this. I can suggest something to you in terms of a trigger that you're going to make use of on your own. It's going to build a self-hypnosis strategy that you can do anytime, anywhere, and nobody knows you're doing something. So I apologize to all of you for this next line. So there's some other people who do this hypnosis work that their strategy would be, if you don't feel good playing golf, here's a CD, find a dark room, listen to it for 45 minutes. That's not going to be practical for your game. Instead. We're going to build the ability to step into that swinging confidently, consistently state of mind in a place that no one knows you're doing something. Nice. Sound good? Yeah. So it's where there's a couple of options here. Consider this a bit of a menu. Some people would choose it to be a word. Some people would choose it to be a gesture, something as simple as squeezing the finger and thumbs. For some people, it's that moment of getting the hands in position. I don't golf, so is this right? Probably more down. <laughs> 
you would know better than I would. But it's that position of getting the hands there for that, uh, for that move. I mentioned that I have a hobby with lifting weights. And for me, there's a whole thing around the posture of the shoulders that they've got to be back so you're not putting too much tension on the spine. So it could be even a deep breath. Um, so it could be a word, a posture, it could be a gesture. Of those different things, which do you think would be the most appropriate for you when you're there actually playing golf? Posture. Pause there. What did I just do? I established a hypnotic contract. I gave her a menu. This is going to work even better because I'm explaining it as we're doing it. I can, that's a suggestion too. Uh, I gave her a menu in terms of which of these would be the most effective for you. And because now I'm being client-centered, as we all ought to be, she's defining for me, this is what it ought to be. Now, don't you dare now go, great, do this posture, because you're not the athlete. And it's where there is so much work inside of, even in golf, your physiology is different from someone else's. And even though there may be certain nuances of the swing that you should follow, everybody does it slightly differently, right? So when you say posture, even from the seated position, what would that posture be for you? What would be that shift in terms of getting into that desired state? If we had to build something off of that posture. The shift would be my hands. Mm -hmm. um, I'd be off my feet so that I wasn't leaning back on my heels and shift my posture. So more forward on the balls of the feet? Yeah. Into that posture and... Uh, Shoulders down. Okay, so that's entirely different from what some other sports. So feet on the balls, hands in position, shoulders down. Pause there. What are we establishing? As I work with amateur athletes and professional athletes, there is one nuance that I've often found defines the difference between the two. The more professional, the more clearly skilled they are, the more consistent their pre-thing ritual is which is a little nuance I can credit. I learned this little strategy from a man by the name of John Ware, who I believe now lives in uh, Georgia or Florida, uh, that he had a lot of great information in terms of the pre-shot ritual, the pre-game ritual. There's some consistency to it. Um, to bring this into another context, um, one of the most demanding things in weightlifting is a barbell squat. It's on your back, you've got to get in position, and it's where I have a specific religious routine that I do, and if it's not right, I back away, I go back in. Tiger Woods, to watch him, master of state management, uh, in his game, off the game, whole other story. So in the game, if he wasn't in position and ready, if he didn't feel right, break state, he'd walk away. And yes, these are little nuances. What am I doing right now? Uh, thank you, uh, Melissa Tears and Sean Carson for a great book called Keeping the Brain in Mind, where they introduce a style of doing hypnosis and NLP where you're explaining why the technique is working as you're doing it, which is serving as a little bit of proof, yes, but at the same time serving as a whole other level of hypnotic suggestion that before we've even done this thing we're about to do, we're stacking the deck, this is going to work for you. And it is, isn't it? There you go. Good, go back to your seat. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Let's actually do it. So let me do this. Uh, go to just a simple zero state, just kind of get in any position. And even from this position, we'll do it seated first, and a little bit later, we'll do it standing, and you'll find when you're standing in the appropriate position, it's going to work even better for you. Sound good? Mm -hmm. Look at that. It's another hypnotic suggestion. Haha, uh -huh. excuse me. Man, that's good. So, <laughs> so from the state of zero, get into that position as you would be seated, feet in the balls, hands forward as you would. Just go ahead and physically do it so I can see it first and then the shoulders down. Okay, good, just so I know what to look for when we're inside of this. 
Ready to turn this into your anchor for strength? Yeah. Good, good. I'm gonna tap on the shoulder here for a moment. Just take a look here at my hand. Take a nice deep breath in, follow my hand on up. Hold that for a moment. Breathe it on out, just let those eyelids close. Just let them relax on down because this is that time for you. It's that time for you to relax and to let go. It's that time for you to go into your own mind and harness your own strengths. And I could tell you to go ahead and relax your entire body, but that's really not necessary. In fact, right now, bring your attention to those eyelids. Notice that light flutter of those eyelids as you continue to relax and already begin to enter into that hypnotic state because you can be the one to relax your eyelids all the way down to the place where you can make them so relaxed that they just don't want to work. And as you know that you've made them that good and relaxed, simply test them. Satisfy yourself. You can make that happen. Give them a try. They relax even further. Give them a try. They relax even further. Good. Yeah, some people smile. That's an odd sensation. Try. They relax even further. And quit testing. Take that quality of hypnotic focus and relaxation. Send that down across your body as if already reprogramming the mind, the muscles, As in that moment, you know for a fact, if you really wanted to, you could have let those eyelids open. And yet for that brief moment, you accepted a reality that for a moment they couldn't. The same way that in a moment, we're going to harness that strength. We're going to harness that ability within you. We're going to stack all the appropriate resources and states on top of that simple gesture. So the moment you are there, ready to swing, Not just your physicality, but all parts of your mind, all parts of your neurology are there, ready to step into your own strength. If you'd like that, just nod your head. Good. One more time, just let those eyelids open back up. Just let them close and just double that relaxation, twice as comfortable, twice as confident, every breath guiding you even deeper. And one more time, just let those eyelids open, just go deeper, deeper, down. That's right, good. Because throughout this process, in the state of hypnotic focus and relaxation, we're talking to that part of you that has a record of all of your experiences, all of your memories, everything that's ever happened to you. And in a moment, I'm going to count from the number five down to one. And as I count from five to one, allow yourself to revisit an experience, a time that perhaps defines why it is you love that golf game. As I count from five to one, as if you step out of this room and into a specific moment of strength, of confidence, of ability, whatever that means for you, a time, an experience that truly defines what it is that you absolutely enjoy about this golf. There's no right, there's no wrong, and indeed whatever first pops into your mind is perfectly appropriate. Go in to one of those best moments ever involving golf now is five, connecting backwards through time, four, as if becoming younger, maybe smaller perhaps, I don't know, three, into another time, another place, and then number two, go inside of that experience as if you can see it through your own eyes, feel it in your own body, that's right, hear the sounds in your own ears, and the number one, simply be there inside of that experience now. Even in this process, you can speak clearly. In fact, as you respond to these simple this or that questions, it carries you deeper into that wonderful moment. In that moment now, respond out loud. Is it daytime or is it nighttime there? Inside or outside? Alone or with someone? And simply go inside of that experience even more deeply. Feel what you felt. Hear what you heard. See what you saw. Be there inside of it now as if it's happening all over again. And I don't need all the details 
though in like two or three words, sum up the story, what's going on there around you. That's right, be there in that moment, in that sensation, and with every breath you take in, with every breath you let go of, that's right, build up that sensation inside of you, everything before that perfect hit. The serenity around you, the calm of that experience, in that moment, that perhaps even as you swung, even as you were there, you already knew it was a perfect hit before the ball went moving in that space. And be there as well, observing this from all experiences, inside and outside. And become aware of those sensations in your body now. Become aware of those feelings. Stick a label on it. What would you label that feeling as now? And as you focus on that feeling of perfection, where do you feel that the strongest in your body? And as you focus on that feeling of perfection, describe it. What does it feel like? And as you focus on that feeling, that big soft ball, become aware of its textures, become aware of its sensations, and let that little bit of a ball around the lower part, the middle part of the stomach, begin to expand and compound in a positive way. Let this spread far throughout you, down to the fingertips, down to the toes, throughout all the muscles, fibers, cells of your body as one. Begin to kick up those feelings even greater, even stronger. Two, build up that sensation even better, even stronger. The number three, it's appropriate to do this here. Embellish the hell out of that story in a fun way. Let it become even more perfect. Let that feeling of perfection become even more enjoyable. Four, that's right, build up that sensation even stronger. And five, as you focus on that sensation, begin now to make use of your body. Get those feet into position. Physically move those feet into position now. Move those hands into that posture that you know. Roll those shoulders forward as you know how to do. And as you do that now, let that feeling rise up even greater. That's right. Let it build up even stronger. Let it become even more enjoyable and relax that posture. Bring it back to a state of zero. Even in this process, you can speak clearly. Hey, what'd you have for breakfast this morning? First thought. Eggs. Good breakfast. Get that protein in. And allow yourself now, as simple as I suggested, I just do that to change your mind for a moment, as simple as I suggested, as simple as it becomes, move those feet in the way you know how to do. Get those hands into position. Roll those shoulders forward and immediately now notice that feeling rising up throughout you once again. Bring back that familiar sensation. Bring back that familiar ability. Bring it up even bigger, even stronger. This is nothing new. This is who you are. Feel that throughout you. Here's a little bit of a science fun fact. Nearly every drop of blood in your body passes through your heart at least once every minute as if charging every aspect of your muscles, your fibers, your bones, your cells, even down to the bloodstream programming into the state of mind. The moment you're in that posture, you bring back that sensation. Bring it back to zero. Relax. Every breath guiding you deeper down. Simply now as I tap on the shoulder, let those eyes open. Let them close. Go even deeper down. And as I reach over, I'm going to pick up that hand and drop it and be there in your mind as if there you are. Maybe it's later this week. Maybe it's an important game that's coming down the way. Go into that near future, so you can allow yourself to remember how well you will have done. And be there in that experience, perhaps there you are, standing over the ball, getting ready to get in position, and now, get into position, move those feet, 
get those hands into position. Roll those shoulders forward, and as you do so, immediately notice, like connecting an electrical circuit, that charge begins to roll up throughout you. Let it spread and compound far beyond you, even greater, even stronger. And just hold that position for a moment, the way that we have to plug in a device to charge up a battery. As you hold that position, only ever moving into that swing when you absolutely are certain that you are ready. That all levels of your mind, your body, the muscular nature, every part of you is ready to go into that experience. And relax those hands, release that posture, and be there now. As if you've already observed that ball going exactly where you want it to go. Noticing just how well you've improved, so easily, so naturally, so normally, as if this is how it's always been. And realize today, we didn't have to invent anything. We borrowed from you. Drawing out from your own successes just how great of a golfer you really are. And only as you are ready to carry that into this reality. Take as much time as you need. And when those eyes reopen in the next 20 or 30 seconds, notice how much more focus. Notice how you're able to harness that perfection by your own choosing as you let those eyes open now. And before we talk about this for a moment, stand on up. I want you to check this out for yourself. Try to shake it out for a moment. And now there's that ball. You've got that club. Step into position. And notice what happens as you get those hands in positions in those shoulders. What are you feeling now? I feel like tingling through my whole body. <laughs> like a, a confidence. Yeah. Yes. Feels good, it's doesn't good. it? Break it away. Shake it off. What else did you have with those eggs? Uh, bacon. Good breakfast. Get in position once again. Notice what happens as you get those shoulders in position. The feet on the balls of the feet, the hands in position. What does that feel like now? Very focused. You got this, don't you? Mm -hmm. High five. This round of applause is for you. <laughs> Thank you for coming up. Thank you. Yeah. So, right on time. Let's begin to unpack. That's not me. This one's me. <laughs> when I was 17 years old, I got mono from the girl I wanted to get mono from is the best way to tell the story, but not in the way I wanted to get mono. <laughs> Drinking someone else's cup. It's a whole other story. There's some nuances inside of that that I want to begin to unpack, which, again, organic anchoring. I wasn't implanting my preconceived notions on top of that. Also, there's some language that I used inside of that that was very artfully vague, for good reason. I don't know if you were thinking about, you can tell us if you want, I don't know if you were thinking in terms of, I don't know the terminology, the long swing where the ball has to go the furthest distance. I didn't know if you were on the green. Yeah, I have no idea what the hell you just said. But good for you. Uh, <laughs> driving, I thought we were working on golf. Seriously, the more, and honestly, the more I work with athletes, I'm learning more about the terminology Yet the more, in my language, I'm amused by negative language used positively, the more I play dumb, the more effective I am. Rather than going, oh, golfer, it's this. Oh, driving, that means that. Oh, this club. No, the more I just go, okay, what has to happen next? What do you do after that? I'm eliciting from you everything I need to know. Though if you unpack the language, and I'll make the video of this available to you, um, I <laughs> repurpose everything I do, um, of the camera going, and uh, is it okay if I share that in the community? It's cool. Um, so what I'll do, if you uh, have already done my iPad thing where I uh, pass this around, 
Uh, you can skip it because you're already in there from this weekend. Uh, but I'll make this video available. Or actually, I'll get that transcribed uh, as well so you can model the language. It's not a script. It's a transcript. Think of it that way. So if you've already hit this for me this weekend, skip it. You're already in there. If you haven't, I'll pass it around. Um, yeah, have you both? There you go. Let's move that on around. Uh, I'm actually going to share every presentation I did this weekend, uh, and immediately you're going to get some other resources right away. One is called Go Deep. It's a uh, master course on hypnotic deepening strategies, and then a business course I do called Dirt Cheap Videos, that even though I'm the guy walking around with several thousand dollars of video equipment filming Brandon's show last night, some of the best performing videos on my websites were shot with my phone and edited for free on YouTube. There's something more human about those videos. You'll get those right away. Um, I've got to get my tech team, AKA the nerds in the back, to edit my stuff and those will be rendered and go out later. So back to the artfully vague language. I didn't know if you were driving, the long shot. I didn't know if you were putting. Ooh, I know a little bit. Um, so I never said, watching the ball fly through the air. Why? I didn't know. Instead, what did I probably say there? As you notice the ball moving in the ways that you wanted to travel. That fits into everything. Full body hit, uh-huh. Let's test this out. It's warm in here. And you're having to think about it. Yeah, you can notice the temperature of the air in the room. My voice is pleasing to you. Maybe. <laughs> Been in most of my workshops this week, so hopefully. <laughs> yeah, you can become aware of the sound of my voice. So I'm looking for that full hit. Rather than going immediately, your shoes are comfortable. I don't know. You're watching the ball fly through the air. I don't know. Instead, noticing the ball move in the ways that you want it to travel. That's a full hit. I'm going to get that right away. Uh, there's some other little Jasonisms inside of that, the way that I do it. Um, hypnosis is not relaxation. Hypnosis is a state of heightened suggestibility. And if we are suggesting relaxation, uh, then it feels like relaxation. Though there's a moment where we were eliciting this empowered feeling of confidence. And Tracy might not label that feeling as being relaxed. It's a positive feeling. But clearly, that was a hypnotic moment where you were associating into that experience. And yet, we weren't getting let the relaxation flow throughout your body. You know, so realize that relaxation is a tool of the hypnotist. It's relaxation and hypnosis, not hypnosis equals relaxation. We've got to update that thinking because sometimes, as that demo showed you, getting into a relaxed state was not the best thing we could have done there. Instead, we had to harness the state that was there and build off of that, which is a little rant. There's a time I did that demo and someone in the group said, if you talk that excitedly, won't they wake up? Thank you for laughing at that. We're all now good friends and on the same level. So <laughs> this is why whenever I'm giving a deepening suggestion, going deeper into that hypnotic state of focus and relaxation, which by way of syntactual ambiguity, it could be hypnotic relaxation and hypnotic focus or hypnotic focus dot, 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 and relaxation. It's a different category. Was that a question in the back? Oh, the iPad going around? If you miss it, just see me at my table, although we still got a good, um, what time am I supposed to wrap this one? We started at 11? 12. Cool, we're right on time. So inside of it, notice, and I highlighted this before, I'm going after something more organic. So phase one, I talk shop with my client. 
here's what an anchor is, here's how you already expertly do it. Notice, by the way, my first intention, what did I not do in terms of my process there? The hell is wrong with your golf game and how are we going to fix this mess? No, I didn't go there. Because again, Jason Lynette, six-year-old soccer player, so bad I took piano. So it's from that experience that what's good about this, what's great about you, how do we harness that? My first round strategy with every client is good to great. And really the testing phase, if we have to go into deeper, darker emotional work to release something that might be there, is the feedback that happens in the subsequent appointments. So give me a report, give me a play-by-play -play in terms of what you remember from last week's session, and walk me through what types of changes and benefits you've noticed since you were last here. And when I hear, it's going great, we stick within that good to great category because it's working. And if they go, oh no, I was playing and suddenly someone said this and I was crying in a fetal position on the soccer field, then we're going to go after the deep emotional work. So I'm going to start with the goal of what they want to achieve and that's where we're going to begin. Harness what's great, put that into use. Little historical reference, you're probably familiar in some way with Dr. John Hartland, popularized the ego strengthening techniques. You begin to find yourself feeling physically stronger and fitter, more alert, more wide awake. He was doing confidence building before going into a hypnoanalysis work. And by doing the confidence building, he was finding that, as he called it, ego strengthening, he didn't have to do the hypnoanalysis in many cases. He had built up the strength of the individual. They had stepped into that better reality of what they can actually do and didn't have to play the game of, we have to find the ISE, we have to do the negative, which I do that stuff too. Yet it's not the game of, you always have to. So phase one, we defined the anchor together. I let her craft it for me. There only needs to be one expert in the room, is a premise that I live by. I get to be the expert on the hypnosis, she's the expert on her golf game. And it's my responsibility to learn from her what that is. Now, if there ever is a moment where you don't have a clue what the hell they're talking about, uh, thank you, Laura King, who lives down in Florida and North Carolina. She bounces between the two. I learned this beautiful strategy from her. Hey, pull out your phone. Show me a clip on YouTube of what it is that you're trying to do. Now you've got a context. And very often that might be something you're satisfying by that initial phone call. Oh, it's a back handspring double tuck. All right. Because you show me what that is <laughs> and learning from them what that is. So establishing, sometimes it's a word, sometimes it's a posture. Now take note of a little bit of expectation that I made use of there. We're going to do it seated in this chair first to condition it. Expectation. And when we do it later, you're going to find it's going to work even better when you're in the actual posture. An extension of the story is the concert violinist who lost the confidence in his game. To which I finally went, hey, wait a minute, do you have your instrument out in your car? Oh yeah, go get it. And for him, uh, this is me, I've never played a string instrument, but that magical moment where the violinist gets the violin in position, and apparently this is the first thing you learn when you're learning to play violin, how to hold it with your chin and make it so it doesn't fall and hit the ground and shatter. So for him, it was that moment of getting the violin in position getting the bow ready in position, that was his anchor, that was his trigger. Which is a side note to that story, at the end of the session, well later on, after we've conditioned this, I'll have you then get up and actually play something and you'll find it's gonna work even better with the instrument actually physically there. Sound good? Expectation, yes. 
I used to book my clients back to back. So here he is playing incredible music in my office. And we walk out and you're my next client waiting for me and I couldn't resist to go. And how are you going to entertain me? <laughs> it's my style. So when we're into the actual session, the unpacking of that, it's a regression. Oh no, regression's this dangerous category. The NLP community would sometimes say, don't drag them through the mud of the past. Well, as I like to say, regression is a tool. It's a technique. Regression ain't just about finding the cause. And what do we do there? Notice that I wasn't having to go after this, let me go there, metaphor of an ISE, the initial sensitizing experience, the one and only moment that caused this thing. No, we're not playing that game. Um, instead, notice the wide open net that I cast there. Go to a profound moment that's meaningful to you. And there used to be moments where people would say, I couldn't think of one. So simply throwing in the throwaway suggestion, as I call it, of the there's no right, there's no wrong, whatever first empowered moment first pops into your mind is perfectly fine. Negates away, I'll come to you in a second. Negates away that moment of I couldn't think of one. It's where I'm casting this net, casting this net, what's a moment? To hedge off one possible question, what if they can't think of one? What if they've never had one? Well, for the athlete, if I may be so bold, they wouldn't be here if they didn't have had those moments before. That's why I opened with the story of how bad I am at soccer. That being said, my four-year-old Max, I can kick his ass at soccer so wonderfully. Because <laughs> uh, he's four and he's little uh, and I'm faster. Um, yeah, you had a question? Just that like when you say cast the net, it really doesn't matter if it's within their um, sport or activity. It can be anything. Well, there's two nuances to this. In my hypnotic workers training, I teach a variation of this called success trigger, where which is varied off of something from Roy Hunter, where I regress to a moment of academic success, um, athletics, uh, physical success, and then creative success. And then we blend the three states together. We stack those anchors as a peak performance state. And for that one, it's wide open. For this type of situation with the athlete, I'm going specific to their game. Which when you watch the demo of it later, when you unpack the language of it, you'll see that specifically I went to a moment of golf. Because again, you wouldn't be in front of me if you didn't already have this skill. That's what I'm branching off of. Does that answer your question? Yeah. You had a? Yeah. Go for it. You have some language about moving the ball versus driving the ball. Right. What if on deeper digging, it's not golf? The adulation is they want to sign, sign the tennis balls and stuff. The question, if I can paraphrase it, is that what if it's, I think the question is what if you find out later it's not the root. I think that's what I addressed earlier of going the feedback from her is what's going to guide me there. Though notice I asked her what's that moment where you need to feel this and that's where we worked on. So I'm eliciting from her rather than me projecting, oh, it's this. That's where I'm going to go. Let me unpack the rest of the demo then I'll come to questions at the end of it so we can wrap on time because we've got like five minutes left. So inside of it, in that moment, let me wrap through the rest of the demo because chances are that's answering some of the questions that are popping up here. In the regression, drawing out as much VAK as possible. Drawing out, see what you saw, hear what you heard, feel what you felt, and that's all bumping up those submodalities. So it's where inside of regression, we'd often learn the pattern of be there, daytime or nighttime, inside or outside, alone or with someone. Those are not for you. Those are not for you. Those questions are for the client because by doing those responses, it's driving them deeper into that experience. 
And I have a little principle that I live by inside of hypnosis that I refine, define as, when all else fails, do hypnosis. <laughs> it works really, really well. Um, so in your hypnosis, hypnosis them more. So there were moments where I would ask for the verbal response, and they, it would kind of pull them out. So how do you prevent that? As you respond out loud, it carries you deeper into this experience. And rather than that being the trigger that brought them out, instead it's the moment that drove them deeper into that moment. Then from there, be then our experience, inside or outside, we gather the basic uh, nuts and bolts of the environment. Then the next phase from that is going into the feeling. And as you're there, become aware of that sensation. I'm going to go for a word, I'm going to go for a nominalization to label that feeling, what's that feeling now? When you're in the regression, the more you can be in a revivified state as a free living, the better. You can work within a remembering style regression, more valid, more empowered to actually go inside of it. So my language is always present tense. As you're there now, what's that feeling inside of you? She gave it a label, uh, she called it perfection, and as you focus on that perfection, here's your formula for eliciting submodalities, which I really wanted to be here for Shelley's presentation on submodalities, but I was over there talking stage hypnosis. Uh, here's your formula to elicit submodalities. Feedback the thing, notice this. There's the formula. So sometimes in doing submodality work, you might be going, uh, what are the sounds that are there? And they go, there's no sounds. In submodality elicitation, you're either driving them to consciously discover it or unconsciously uncover it, is my real opinion. So the way you do that is you lead appropriately. And as you're aware of that feeling of perfection, scan your body, where is that the strongest? Presupposition, you're noticing that in your body. As opposed to, do you feel that in your body? No. Rats. No. You're going to get the binary response by asking it that way. As you focus on that feeling of perfection, where is it the strongest? She pointed. And as you focus on that area, here's a magical question. What does that feel like? There's a moment where I saw someone doing a demo and he did an iLock uh, testing convincer. He's asking them, what does that feel like? He opens up to the classroom and he goes, uh, why do you think I asked that question? And I raise my hand and go, because by asking what does that feel like, you're inviting a metaphor. And by getting a metaphor, you're driving them deeper into hypnosis. And the guy teaching this workshop paused and goes, that's my answer from now on. It just continued going. <laughs> so by asking, what does that feel like? We got a metaphor, which wonderfully, she started talking about a softball. No wonder the golf game needed help. You should be playing softball. No. So she described that sensation, which then from there, we just needed to expand it. I gave suggestions. We kind of danced back and forth between an NLP hypnosis style where now expanding that outwards, throwing in some metaphors, letting that implant in all these things, physical fun fact, every drop of blood passes through the heart, charging the entire body. And as you, so basically I'm expanding it upwards, building it up even stronger. And as I'm seeing it at its peak, there's a strategy in our wonderful hypnosis profession that I make fun of and I'm now guilty of, uh, which is that people would sometimes stick a name on something and try to present it as something new. Um, We'll let your imaginations connect to what I might be talking about. Though over time, discovering, oh, wait a minute, they might be onto something, because sometimes by giving it a name, it now has a conscious hook, and you're easily able to remember it. What's the easiest way to build an anchor? You want to build the anchor when the state is rising. 
So if you try to anchor at the peak, you might mistime it, and you're anchoring as it's on the downward swing. So how do we consistently build the anchor as it's rising? And yes, my friends, this is now officially the anchoring sandwich. Patent pending, no. Uh, <laughs> the, the situation is simple. Between two suggestions of increasing the state, in the middle, the white stuff in the middle of the Oreo is where I'm going to sandwich in the suggestion to establish the anchor. So, as you feel that feeling of perfection rising and expanding throughout you, move your feet into position, get those hands in the right position, roll those shoulders into that posture, and feel those feelings increase even more. Sandwich between two suggestions of increasing the state in the middle Here's the suggestion to increase that state. And by doing it that way, it's become the easiest way to do it. Yes, watch your person calibrate. You saw her physically, emotionally shifting into that, yet still cheat appropriately <laughs> as you let that rise, establish this anchor, do that again. You want to condition from a state of zero into that. So this is the power of the break state which could be as simple as if you're doing it in hypnosis, the simplest break state, let the eyes open, let the eyes close. Or, I'm playful within my process, what you have for breakfast this morning? Eggs. I just ask you that to change your mind. The pattern interrupt of some sort. What you have for breakfast this morning? Where are you going after this? Does this look infected? No, don't do that one. Uh, <laughs> to break them out of it, and actually I call it out. I just ask you that to change your mind, bring you back to a state of zero, and now, Bring yourself back into that posture. We condition it several times. Condition it several times. Why wait for the result, though? Because then I'm going to future pace into the result. So it's that experience of, again, condition the anchored response. Go into that, bring up that state, back to zero. Go into that, bring up that state, back to zero. Now, go into that future experience as if you can remember how well you will have done, where there you are, letting the experience play out. Now, take note. This kind of goes maybe to some of your question from earlier. I'm running the sequence. I'm running the process of getting standing over the ball, getting into that posture, watching the ball move in the way that you want it to go. And then move into that experience, fire off the anchor, trigger it from there, run that experience, hypnotically uh, enhance it with some direct suggestion, and then notice that I did an emergence that I refer to as the fingers crossed emergence where you're putting the, int the intention to emerge on them when they've resolved the issue and integrated the skill. Which has some dirty, rotten strategies inside of it. Take as much time as you need, and when your eyes open in the next 20 or 30 seconds, notice how ready, you're stepping into, notice how ready you are to step into that reality now. Do it. And immediately upon emergence, check your work. Before we, un before we talk about this, stand up, be there. You're in that experience. We're still in a hypnotic state. How long are they in a hypnotic state upon emergence? Remember, the suggestion to emerge is a suggestion just like the rest of your process. So it's a formality that we give the instructions to say, open your eyes, you're out of hypnosis. In my school of thought, because I'm continuing to deliver hypnotic suggestion, you're still in a hypnotic state. So immediately... Eyes open, stand there, my language is fully associated. Be there, there's that ball. Stand over that, and before we do it now, from a state of zero, get into position, I run the process again with them. 
on the balls of the feet, hands in position as if that club is there. Roll those shoulders forward and the most magical change process you can ever run. Uh, I teach hypnosis, I teach NLP. All of hypnosis fits inside of NLP, not all of NLP fits inside of hypnosis. So my hypnosis trainings are people who want to do hypnosis. My NLP trainings pull in business owners, speakers, uh, you know, different people out there, brings in more muggles, as opposed to the hypnosis is people wanting to do hypnosis. And I've classically found the hypnotist is the one who struggles in my NLP event because they're trying to be a hypnotist. Compare the difference. And be there now as if you're standing over that ball. Get into position and feel that confidence rising throughout you. Feel that state of perfection increasing. They are suggesting the entire experience. As opposed to the pure NLP style change, as you get into that posture, what do you notice now? And I'm letting her give me her own representations of what that feeling is, feeding it back. And as you do it again, notice what's different. Quick demo. Let's do it. Um, power of expectation. Power of expectation. I'm looking to see who hasn't seen me uh, do this yet. Um, you haven't seen me do this. Hold your hand up just like this. And I'm going to come to you for a moment. And what I want you to do, please, is focus on this little area right there on your hand. Watch me. I'm going to go all the way over here and tell me when you feel this. What does that feel like? Yeah. And I'm all the way over here. It's kind of strange, isn't it? Workshop over. Done. No, let's explain that. I cheated in a respectful way. Tickle your palm. Let go. You still feel it. Focus right here. Power of expectation. I then kept your attention going. I'm going to come over here. I'm going to keep talking. Watch over here at me. Look up here. This is entirely visual. There is one gesture that makes this happen. I'm looking at you, and then I look over at your hand, and I smile, which is now forcing you to sort for something being different. Fold that into your category of suggestibility test. Is there someone in this room who has some level of discomfort in your body right now that you would like to relieve in some way? I don't even want to know what it is, but just calibrate it 0 to 10. What's it at now? Nine. A 9. Would you like to change that? Close your eyes. Become aware of the sound of my voice. Keeping those eyes comfortably closed, just become aware of this. That's right. And when you're ready, let those eyelids open. Scan it. Calibrate it. What's it at now? Seven. Seven. It's dropped down. It's dropped down. Why did that work? Power of expectation. Building the expectation inside of it. The word now presupposes change. So as you get into that posture, what do you notice now? As you... Focus on your hand. What do you notice now? And as you think about that new upcoming experience, I mean, Tracy, as you think about the next time you're playing golf, even as you're thinking about it, you know, the expectation's shifting. As you're thinking about that next golf game, how are you feeling now? Yeah. Compounding the change over and over and over inside of it. So it's where inside of this, what I wanted to share with you is to kind of unpack what we did elicit from your client, first of all, their own anchor as to what they want that to be. 
rather than, again, I poke fun of it. Yes, I have audio programs for clients. Listen to this for 45 days. If you miss a day, start over again. I don't feel good. I need a dark room and a CD player. No. Things they can do anytime, anywhere, and nobody knows they're doing something. Yet elicit from them what that ought to be. Be more client-centered. Learn from them in your process what that desired state is. Elicit it organically. Attach the anchor to that. Compound the heck out of it. And then get that immediate gratification as you test that state. Uh, we've got a couple of moments so we don't go too far over at lunchtime. Any, which I'm going to make this available to you. I'm going to get that demo transcribed. You had a question? Yes, I wanted to ask regarding skill development. Yes. Various avenues. Um, could you give a couple comments on the difference between uh, an individual sport and a team sport? Yeah, the question was um, skills development, individual sports versus team sports. I can honestly give an answer that that's never popped up in my process with clients because often it comes down to what they need to do. I have had people that have come in that needed to be more of the team player and not necessarily try to be the star that's winning the game every single time. So I had a guy for a while that he goes, yeah, I need to assist more because there's moments where I'm too far away and I'm thinking, I can land this three-point shot in basketball, and yet he can't, but he can pass it to her and she's right next to the basket and she's going to get it in. Uh, though, a little side note, that's my same process, by the way, for fear of public speaking. This was a workshop on athletes. There's my public speaking process. Um, hey, I'm about to go get a shot, and I'm afraid of getting shots. It's nearly identical as well. All this stuff is contextual. So yeah, that's a situation I honestly haven't really run into, but it's where I'm not bringing in any... This is the benefit of me being so wonderfully ignorant on most things sports that I'm just listening to them. What do you need? rather than going, no, the issue is this, the issue is that, which is not, I believe, what you were projecting there, but it's where I'm just working with what they bring to the table. Jason Lynette here once again, and as always, thank you so much for interacting with this program. Thank you so much for not inviting me to play soccer with you, as detailed in this presentation uh, previously shared here. And once again, to get the full video of this presentation, plus the transcription, at no cost whatsoever to you, simply head over to worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash CHC sport as in Canadian Hypnosis Conference Sport. WorkSmartHypnosis.com forward slash CHC Sport. That'll give you access to the video as well as the full transcription for you to model and to benefit from and to make use of inside of your own work as well. It's Jason Lynette. As always, thank you so much for interacting with this program, leaving your positive reviews online, and sharing this with everybody you interact with. Seriously. Thanks so much. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast at WorkSmartHypnosis.com. 